Hey, welcome to Ask a Pastor. It's great to uh, get a chance just to talk about some things that people have asked. This is actually today not a question anyone has asked, but it's one that I wanted to have us talk about. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I'm joined by Russ Brasher, who leads our student ministry. He's over in Butler County. And over here, we have Emily D'Angelo, who leads our women's ministry, along with Joanne Adams. She's in Washington County, and uh, I'm here in Allegheny County. Actually, we're all in the same room, but we're, we're, we're getting some good <laughs> distance here. Um, so, hey, just before we jump into the topic, tell us what you have been watching uh, during kind of quarantine. You get a little extra time for, you know, sitting around at night because you're home more. So uh, what have you guys been been checking out? Yeah, um, I, I, obviously, I'm a, a huge basketball fan, huge NBA fan. So I've been loving the Bulls documentary that's been airing on ESPN, uh, two episodes every Sunday, but uh, it takes me about four days to watch them because I'll watch them for a bit, fall asleep, walk, get interrupted by the kids or something. But uh, that's been my my go to. I look forward to it. And it's been it's been passing my time at night in a very, very exciting way. So the Bulls, uh, the last dance on ESPN's documentary. uh, All right. Emily, what have you seen? So our family watched a Netflix series, The Outer Banks, and it's a it's a treasure hunt adventure story. Recommend it for teenagers and, and up, not for young children. But we watched it because one of the, the key players or characters in the show is a friend of ours from Corey's college days, Chip Eston. Okay. Uh, that's fun. It's very that's- fun. That's Fun good. Show. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, we uh, watched the other night Just Mercy, the movie, um, and that was really good. And I guess it's based on a true story. Um, I don't know how much fabrication is in it, but the account of a lawyer uh, kind of dealing with uh, people on death row and trying to help bring justice to people who don't have it. And is that, that was, the uh, Jamie Foxx? Uh, Jamie Foxx is Michael in B. it. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They're, they're setting both in, in Alabama, it. right? Yeah. Sweet yeah. home Alabama. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that I would I would recommend that to anybody. That was a good I didn't even one. know that was out to watch. I'll yeah. definitely watch that. Yeah, I don't think it's on Netflix. I think we rented it. Yeah, you gotta it. buy it. Yeah. We didn't buy it. you, you rent. You know, well, you know what I mean. Four ninety nine, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it was. So so well good. Well, hopefully you are enjoying some time with uh people around you, getting a chance to watch some things. But one of the sad things that is happening right now is that uh, there have been so many cancellations of things that are significant life events, especially if you have uh, students who are like graduating from college, graduating from high school, prom, concerts, trips, things like that, um, that are really significant life events. Uh, and so we just wanted to take a few minutes to address how do you help uh, people in your life who are having to navigate having life events that they can't have the way they envisioned them. I was talking to somebody the other day who had a wedding planned for the first weekend in June, and that wedding now is going to have a party in September, they think, and they're going to have a private ceremony that some people can come to via Zoom. And uh, and it's just so different than what they envisioned. And, and that's hard for any of us who have or know people who have had life events that have had to kind of go by the wayside. So we just wanted to see how you would recommend that people uh, really try to navigate that, especially if they have kids who are struggling with such big events. So Emily, why don't we start with you and then uh, we'll jump over to Russ. 
So uh, we felt the effect of this most with our son, Joseph, who's a violinist and likes to perform for live audience. And his last concert was March 1st in Chicago, and we were able to get out to that. And, you know, little did we know what all would Mm -hmm. unfold after that. We're grateful that we got to see that classical music concert. Um, And it was the bonus of that was Yo-Yo Ma was the guest artist. Mm. I think I shared that with you before. He's a cellist. Mm. Um, And so (laughs) I had to tell Russ that. (laughs) World-renowned. Appreciate that. Not for Russ, for all the viewers who may not have known, right? Um. And so um, he, Joseph has really struggled with the idea that he he may not be able to perform for a live audience for quite Mm -hmm. some time. And at first, he embraced the time and used it to practice his instrument and to create original work. And he did that well in the beginning, and that was keeping him encouraged and and working every day. And then he got to a point, and I think we have all maybe experienced some peaks and valleys through the last, you know, eight weeks. But he got to a point of just not enjoying that at all. And really feeling down about this possibility of not being able to perform. Mm-hmm. One of our family um, events that we had to give up was um, coming up in June. And it was a performance of Joseph and Abby Jane mm-hmm. in Seattle. And they were going to do a, a sibling collaborative of music and dance on the stage at McCall Hall. And, of course, that was canceled. And we grieved that, mm-hmm. honestly, as a family. We haven't been together as a family since last January. So you'd been looking forward to it for months. Months. And it was going to be a big moment for your family to be together, celebrate their gifts and their careers, really, mm-hmm. and taken away. So, yeah. So how how have you helped Joseph deal with it? How have you guys dealt with it um, just in terms of navigating that emotional space? Part of it is being honest with the grieving process mm-hmm. and being okay with being sad for a season and, um, you know, dealing with that honestly, not dismissing it because it's a loss. We've mm-hmm. experienced some loss in the last eight weeks. All, everyone has. But also, um, because we're believers, we put our hope in Christ. And so we want to remember like what's most important. And so we just keep coming mm-hmm. back to the practices of our faith, and that's being grateful, being thankful. So when mm-hmm. we talk to Joe and he, we let him share the burdens of his heart and what he's upset about, and we empathize with that, of course. And then we try to get back to, well, what are we thankful for today? You know, mm-hmm. we're thankful that we're all still healthy. That's a gift. Mm-hmm. Truly is a gift. A lot of families are suffering with, with bad health. Mm-hmm. And so for us as a family, just getting back to what we're grateful for has been grounding in this time through the disappointments for sure. And also maybe like setting a date way out to, to strive for. Try to have something that you put back on the calendar Mm -hmm. that you say, this is a hopeful date. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so let me just follow up on something. So how is saying, let's be thankful for what we have, not what we've lost different from, you know, when you had little kids maybe saying, hey, be thankful you have green beans to eat. There's kids in the world who don't have anything. So be thankful and eat your beans. Um, how is how, how does that not become almost a, uh, instead of empathy statement, like I'm going to enter into what you're grieving and you're losing, but now I'm saying, well, be grateful that you don't have it as bad as somebody else. Hmm. I'm very, how, how excited, do you- very excited to hear this because we tried that exact same thing with Bennett last night. And he still didn't eat his green beans. So I'm very excited to hear this. 
So my my veteran parent. My yeah, exactly. answer to Bennett Teach is me. just eat your age. Just eat. <laughs> how is he four? Eat four green beans, and then we'll have dessert, and we'll celebrate the dessert. <laughs> so that would be my parenting advice. I will advice. try that tomorrow, and I'll let y'all know. <laughs> But I think that it's not really about um, saying that, you know, we have it better than somebody else. It's about really sitting with the, the grief of the loss and being empathetic and feeling that and um, relating to that. But also at the same time, the way to get out of that turmoil of soul I was just studying Psalm 43 is to put our hope in what we do have and what we can celebrate. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, no, and there's a turn there and it's a, and the reason I asked that question is it's a, it is absolutely right to say, I have to focus on what I can be thankful for. And sometimes to do that, you need a little bit of comparison Mm -hmm. to bring some reality to your situation. But at the same time, comparison can very quickly become cheapening to the depth of grief that you share. Like, like you know, if, if I were to say, well, one of the things that, you know, I've grieved is X, somebody else might say, well, what in the world? You know, somebody might say, well, Joseph is grieving that he doesn't get to play in front of a live audience. What are you talking about? But for him, that's absolutely real. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think if we want to help people through this kind of a time, uh, especially if we have kids or something, we have to enter in. Like like my one son lost a chance to go on a band trip. Another son lost a mission trip. And, you know, in the big scope of things, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But to them, it is real to say, I'd been looking forward to that all year and that's gone away now. And so how do I navigate that space? And And so there is something to saying, let's be grateful but but you can't cheapen the loss in the in the throes of that. I agree, and I think Corey, my husband, is really good with just sitting with uh, in mm-hmm. conversation and just listening. We were unpacking that word compassion, and you guys could weigh in on this. But it's with suffering, you know, to show compassion to someone as you're sitting with them in the suffering. Mm-hmm. So just to listen and let him let him rant if he needs to, mm-hmm. right? And to to agree, yeah, that that stinks. Mm-hmm. It's awful. And it, you know, I'm, let's hope for a better way forward. But you're right. Just sit with it and listen to it. And Corey's been better at that than I have been. I tend to be the Pollyanna in the group, <laughs> and he tends to just be able to listen. To sit and, and say, yeah, let's let's right. sit here. Well, and again, you need a little bit of both. You need mm-hmm. a moment to sit. But you, but if you just sit without any future looking, then that also gets challenging. Russ, what have you found as uh, you've, you know, talked with students, especially who have Mm -hmm. lost life events. And I'm sure even for you as a parent, even though, you know, your life events are different than, than uh, where Emily's kids are, you still have, you know, little league season and, you know, soccer and, you know, things like that, that are not happening the way you envision them. Very, very expensive dance classes that the recital is a whole year of practice and you know monday nights giving that up to now have no nothing to literally show for it in a sense but you know you guys have started to hit on it and you know my prepared answer was going to be compassion and empathy goes a very very long way right now and you have to enter into like you were saying you have to enter into that uh with everyone because everybody is affected differently from this and everyone is putting (coughs) stock and hope 
in different things. Um, and so you have to be prepared for that. And if they immediately sense that their response and, and your body language and your emotion and your, oh, that's stupid or that, that compared to, you know, Z, your A is, you know, get over it. Those are not words that you can really throw around right now. Um, and and I, I've experienced that the most with students, you know, talking to them, you know, you're, you're talking to asking sixth graders how they're dealing with this, eighth graders, 10th graders, and seniors. Obviously, seniors, in my opinion, are the most affected, but that doesn't mean that the rest of them aren't. But even just in the seniors, asking them, hey, what has been the most devastating or heartbreaking thing for you? And I've been shocked at some of the answers because they were not at all what majority were saying or what I expected. You know, mm-hmm. for some, they honestly could care less about prom mm-hmm. and graduation. And, you know, their biggest devastation is that they couldn't play their their senior year spring sport. Absolutely. You know, they couldn't mm-hmm. go on the mission trip. Um, you know, in, in a funny kind of way, like for them, none of that mattered. Mm-hmm. They're still upset that March Madness was canceled. And, and they're genuinely grieving that because and you you almost want to laugh at it but you have to realize like that is where they're at and who am I to say that that doesn't matter and you guys know this as parents and 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 dealing with you know you all your kids are students now too you know like students have a really hard time seeing past today and past tomorrow and you can't throw the oh it, this won't matter five years from now, or this isn't as a big a deal as you think it is, because to them, it is their whole world. Mm-hmm. And so when that's a perspective of age that lets right. you say, in a few years, you'll be okay. <clears throat> but when you're 16, 17, 18, you can't see that far. You know, Correct. A month when you're that age feels like an eternity. A month when you're older just goes by like a snap. And so Absolutely. yeah, there, there's some, some difference there. How have you navigated your own emotional world in terms of, you know, having the, you know, we talked about how you can help somebody else through empathy, compassion, pointing forward. How have you managed it yourself when you felt the loss of some things? I've been doing a lot of journaling recently, mm-hmm. prayer journaling, and I hope to be able to look back on this season of life and be able to see mm-hmm. God's work in our lives in this season By writing it down, we will be able to look back um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you tend to only remember the highs, extreme highs and extreme lows, Mm -hmm. but the mundane we forget. So I'm journaling even the mundane, Mm -hmm. Um, thanking God for the mundane. I, um, that's helpful. And when it's on my mind, then I'm more inclined to share that with others because Mm -hmm. I've spent some time thinking about what I'm grateful for. I'm more inclined to share, um, what else? I think the the new um, routines that this sh- slowdown or disruption of our schedules have afforded for us are memorable, I think. You know, like this morning, Corey and Micah talking about the stock market. And, you know, after their morning devotions, they got into this conversation about the stock market. And it went on and on and on because there wasn't this pressure to end, to go to school and go mm-hmm. to work. There was this freedom, this margin and that's been happening more and more. And I'm thankful yeah. for that change in our routine. And, and you sh- you and Lindsay shared a lot about how you're thriving in the quarantine and... Trying to thrive. Trying to thrive. Yeah. <laughs> Quarantining right. Yeah, quarantining right. It's trademarked now. Uh, but no, it's not. Um, you know, my, my thing was, you know, and Jeanette, uh, she does middle school ministry here at Orchard Hill. She shared this with me and it just kind of helped 
give me a perspective was this is like this season, this, this thing that we're going through, this is going to be something that for the rest of our lives we'll remember. So how do you want to remember it? And, and that has been kind of how we've tried to look at this. And, and just personally, I'm very much like a categorize everything, process everything. There's gotta be, you know, answers. And so I've been trying to categorize like, Hey, what, what is genuinely lost? Like, there's no getting it back. We need to mourn that. We need to we need to process that. What things are still postponed? What things will still eventually happen, even if they can't happen right now? Um, and, and what are things that I'm realizing that I've put a lot of hope in, and I know a lot of people are in this, that even if I didn't know it at the time, I'm realizing that those things did give me a sense of self-worth and value and identity that I never fully gave to Christ to be my ultimate. And there were certain things that I justified myself on based on the outcome or the numbers and not having those things and having to really sit down and ask those hard personal questions. Because if you're not doing that with yourself, how in the world can you step into a conversation, again, regardless of what person A says is their thing, if you're not doing that and asking, like, you don't have any grounds to stand on. And I think people will see through that. So that's been, that time has been helpful for me. Um, and it has been helpful to kind of say, okay, I don't have to fully give up on this. There's still hope for this. I really do need to process and mourn this because there's no getting that back. And that's been helpful, again, going back to students and kind of helping them process that and say, hey, there's no prom's done. That's gone. That's over. If that was a thing for you, Sorry. Okay, but what what are the things that you can still hope for? Is there still hope for graduation? Is not, and that's a scary thing too. Is like then you just put all your hope in this future date. Well, what happens if said thing is also now gone and you're right back to? So that's kind of a, that's scary, but it it has been helpful to kind of categorize it if that makes sense. Well, what'll be interesting, I think, moving out of this time, and again, who knows if it's a uh, you come out and just kind of slowly things return. Or if it's you come out and then you're back. And I mean, we just don't know how that's all going to play. But I think I think there will be a lot of healthy introspection of people saying, what patterns did we have before this that we don't want to go back mm-hmm. to? Mm-hmm. And what rhythms or things did we establish here that were good that we want to keep? And one of my guesses is, especially for families, that they'll say, having unhurried time at home is really significant and we get so busy running and it, and they're good things you know dance class at you know your daughter's age leads to your daughter being able to dance for you know a living mm-hmm. and, and so it's not like you want to say oh uh, you know we don't want to do any of these things right. but but there's such a churn and i know even just for me just being home night after night after night saying what do we want to do tonight uh, we're all here and we're together um, that's not our normal pace, and that is a good thing to say. How do you create more of those nights uh, mm-hmm. as a family? And I think um, those will be really healthy things coming out of this for a lot of people if they can can get to where they say, okay, I'm grieving what was lost enough that now I can evaluate the good and the bad because sometimes you just get sad um, and then you you stop any thinking or processing in the midst of it, and I think it's significant to say how do we process, not just not just feel, 
Um, in other words, you have to feel in order to process, but, but if you just stay with feeling, then you don't say, how do I want things to be different moving forward? So we had, um, a conversation yesterday about starting over. My son said something about, he kind of was in included in two different Zoom calls with his class that he hadn't seen. He hadn't seen his classmates in mm-hmm. eight weeks. These teachers are taking initiative and trying to get class classes together. And he said, you know, I haven't seen these guys in, in eight weeks, and I don't really feel like I know them anymore. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be until September, until I'm back with them, it's going to be kind of like starting all over, mm-hmm. like like moving here for the first time again. And I thought that was really insightful, and I think we have to help our kids navigate that. Yeah. Friendship from afar and keeping those friendships going, however we can do that, but also realizing that there will be a lot of new beginnings. Yeah. Well, here's one last question, and this is one that I'm wrestling with. I think, in my family at least, my kids have kind of resigned themselves to what this is. Where they're struggling now is what if fall doesn't look like fall should look like what if there's no college what if there's no school what if there's no band what if there's no sports what if Mm -hmm. what if and all of a sudden that's where i think they're finding themselves saying i can manage this but that i don't want any part of and so it's almost the fear of what if you know we're in the same situation any any words of wisdom for that it's funny a lot of students have been saying like i can handle all this but if you cancel Kids Fest, that's it, you know? So we're like, hey, we're really trying to figure that out. But even further, um, and I, again, I think transparency and honesty and just being real because, like, you know, as adults, at least I, I'm only one step ahead of my kids and leading them through all this mm-hmm. and figuring this out. And they need to know that dad is struggling with this too. You know, Russ, the youth pastor, struggling with this. Like, this is something that we have to go through this together. I don't have all the answers yet, but to what you said, like I do know that in Jesus is our hope, is our answers, is what we fix our eyes on. It's when we don't know, we look at, um, and no matter what this world throws at us, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Um, No matter what we've said, our joy is found here. We have to know that true joy is found in him, even if we don't have A, B, or C. And so I think just being real, but also still trying to be that rock of the family, of the group, you know, trying to stay. That's hard because for me to say that I don't have those same questions and doubts and worries and like from something as stupid as if there is no NFL to like what happens if we really can't do church till, you know, said date or, you know, what happens if we really can't get the family reunion Mm -hmm. that we've all been looking forward to that's been canceled three times now. So I think transparency is going to be huge and just being vulnerable. Um, and finding creative ways to celebrate life's moments. And and we've all seen that. We've seen the drive-by birthday party Mm. parades. We've seen Zoom calls to celebrate someone's anniversary or or birthday. We've seen people make a special cake for an individual in a home that was not for a party, but truly to celebrate. I think we are meant to celebrate. St. Augustine said that the Christian should be hallelujah from head to toe, right? Mm -hmm. We get to celebrate. We have something to celebrate. And I think we have to be mindful as the leaders of our homes in celebrating 
through this season to get us through the season, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, that's well put. Well, thank you. Thank you for your yeah. insights and thank you for uh, spending part of your day uh, with us here at Ask a Pastor. If you have questions, you can send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com and we'll be happy to address those in coming uh, episodes. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.